0: What's up ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to New Hill Talks, a podcast for the members and regular attenders of New Hill Church. My name is Michael Meadows, I'm the lead pastor at New Hill Church. Mark Sherry, the uh, pastoral
1: candidate of the month. Gary Fox, associate pastor of the month, two months
0: in a row. There we go, good to be back. You guys having a good week? Yeah. 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 There you go. It's been busy, but yeah. Yeah, fun Sunday, being outside. Mm-hmm. I, really, I really enjoyed that, the weather was like particularly nice yes perfect Uh, yeah i don't know that we'll get that even in september yeah probably not yeah that's that's the one that's gonna be hot so yeah that one may be like 103 degrees
1: in september yeah it could
2: be wow so if you've noticed
0: the trend the past couple years and it's it's tough to tell because it's like always switching you know global warming um but like august used to be like super hot and humid like i mean it was just unbearable and then september is like right when it started to cool and now I've noticed, like, the past couple years anyways, at least last year, I know for sure, August felt, like, years. mild. yeah. And, and then September, September it, it was, like, scorching. Mm-hmm. And no, I think right. that's been a part of, like, the leaves. Hmm. They, they change, like, really fast. It's almost like you, you don't know, get a chance to it. I feel skiing. like
2: since I was a kid in the 80s, I honestly a kid in the what? In the eighties. Wait You Nineteen eighties. Do you
1: mean seventies
2: or sixties? No, I was born in seventy eight. So you
0: were a kid in the eighties. You were yeah. the nineties. No, well, yeah, 80s, kid, 80s. like, yeah. like, yeah. So you were yeah. a kid in the nineties. Nineties kids. Yeah. So I was like late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Like I remember some things, like, like uh, what was it? uh, Y two K? I remember my parents. <laughs> like I'm, I'm old enough to like remember like people freaking. out I was in Bible
2: college at that point. Nice.
0: Anyways, what were you saying? You remember? But I know when I was a kid. Yeah.
2: Everything you just said is true. The seasons, I believe, are a month. They've moved up a month. So, like, it doesn't. It used to start getting cold in November. It doesn't really start getting cold to the end of November or December. And then the winter time, by the time like end of March into April, it started to get a little bit nicer. It's not like that anymore. It doesn't start getting nicer until, like, May.
0: If you're lucky. End or
2: middle of May sometimes. Yeah, it's still snowing. So, yeah. Like, like Mother's none Day. None of that is, was yeah. like that. I feel like the... the There's probably some end times prophecy, maybe, that talks about the season shifting la- around. The latter
1: rains. So, the latter <laughs> something. It's
2: weird, though. Yeah. I do believe that. So, like, September is the new August. Mm. I really so believe that. do you
1: like the seasons? Are you yeah. a seasons guy? Yeah. Maybe. Oh, I do,
2: too. I went, I went to Bible college in Springfield, Missouri. And they've got, like, summer and winter. Like, yeah. they, they have, like, a baby, I don't even think they have any spring or any not discernible fall. Right. I You don't notice it until you're not seeing it. And yeah. it's weird where it shifts and you're like, whoa. So when I came home, it was like, this is great. I love it.
1: Yeah, Rose hates winter with mm. all her heart. And I'm trying to explain to her that she gets a variety but the way she views it is there's, like, nine months of winter and then yeah. just three months. it does drag on, it seems. So, so, yeah. Yeah. so
0: it drags on, but, like, I don't – people in Ohio, like, freak out about that. Like, I've noticed that. And, like, obviously I'm in Ohio now. But um, one of the things that, like, bugs me, and this isn't, like, about her, but I noticed this, like, back in West Virginia. People were, like, you know, like, oh, we're stuck in West Virginia and, like, can't wait to get out. It's here in Ohio, too. Yeah. I wish people would realize, like, this is one of those – the grass is greener. Yeah. Now, obviously if you live in a place where you, you really can't find a job, maybe you, you took a career path where you can't live in West Virginia, like you can't can't work in the ocean. You can't do like underwater right. welding. I went to uh, school to be a sea
2: captain here yeah. in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah.
0: So like things like that like won't work out. And like the economy obviously will shift people different places, but ultimately, especially as Christians, you gotta like make the most of where you are and realize that like, God's placed you there. And again, that's not like a roast thing because I totally get it. Sometimes it feels like winter drags on. Um, My thing is, what what determines whether or not a winter is like terrible is if it's the snow. Like I can get over the cold, but like when I'm constantly pushing through slush and five degree weather. That makes through. me mad. Yeah.
1: What you think about Acts seventeen, Paul says that God carves out the borders. I mean, we live where we live by the sovereignty of God. Oh, for sure. And sure, if you you know, you can say we can go here or there and live there for a year and do such and such kind of business, but ultimately it's the will of the Lord if that the determines Lord wills. that. Yeah. Yeah. For real, yep. That's why we're here.
0: Feeling called to Hawaii. That's, that's another a, thing
1: about the winter. <laughs> the Lord calleth me to Hawaii. Hawaii. Maybe it's a partial judgment that God put us in Ohio. I don't know.
2: Well, Hawaii gets like they get. They don't get hurricanes, do they? They get uh what's it called, cyclone or uh,
1: tsunamis?
2: They get I, them too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, volcanoes. Oh yeah. Stuff yeah. See that? That would be, like, be your worst talk. thing. James White, yeah, in Arizona, man, they don't have to deal with any of this winter stuff or whatever. It is so blazing hot out there yeah. right now. No thanks. You cannot leave the house. Like I think they're more homebound in the summer than we are in the winter. Yeah. I thought I was saying the lockdown.
0: Yeah. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> they're more yeah. homebound in the summer than we are during the lockdown. I said it. No, I thought you were going. You to thought I was back.
2: going?
3: To- <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're I don't think they're problem. like I
2: don't think so. Nine months of the year, I bet it's just amazing but I bet there's three or four months there where it is miserable like legit yeah stuff melts in your so we don't really that's the big mm -hmm.
0: thing we might deal with like snow and like cold temperatures but we don't deal with like those natural disasters like granted we had that tornado hit like right yeah but like that's still rare um, but we, we definitely can we have like the a, a good climate for tornadoes here we can't have
2: but, I don't consider a widespread uh, natural disaster a wide like a major earthquake or yeah. or a hurricane like if a tornado does tear something up it's that town and mm-hmm. that's pretty much it
0: except for the tornadoes in the Remember early 1900s in Ohio they had like a hundred in Ohio and like a two month span Something crazy. Yeah. Anyway, uh I'll look that up and I'll
2: show you. Remember that tornado a couple years ago, right after COVID hit?
0: A year ago, yeah.
2: Or is it a year and a half ago, yeah. Remember that? All of a sudden it literally beginning of April. I hear it blow past me, and within five minutes, Michael called me or texted me or something. I just got in the basement. It must have hit him and he got everybody settled down and didn't realize as he was like, Let me give Gary a call. I'm, I'm in the middle of the hurricane. I'm in the middle of the
1: tornado. That is, that is one of my three ways I want to die, is either in my sleep, preferably, Stop. or in a Ball. tornado, or on a plane. I get accept, Whenever there's no. a... No. I would so never I'll
3: go wrong with you. We're, we're you would say that stuff. We're, we're right. taking off for of Nashville. We're
1: like, and he's like, man... Oh, if we could just go down, that would be the way I would like it's, to go. It's kind of like a roller coaster, no. and then you get to meet Jesus. No, but you I'm said here, and stand up. Yeah. I'm, a, yeah, I'm immediately prepared to witness to everybody on the plane. and like, saved there's, there's urgency,
0: too. So it'd be like,
1: tornado, plane. I'd be over here, like, calling
0: my wife, like, yeah, like those, like, me. sad sop things. I'd be, be like, 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 I'm I'm gonna, like, she hey, knows she I love her. No, no, I get get like, she's got life insurance, so like she'll be happy. I'm over here. Hey, babe, I love you. Like planes going down, like, and you hear. Rub 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 Rub. Rub. And like they'll have like, Fox and CNN. Like listen to this man say goodbye <laughs> to his wife for the last time. <laughs> Rub
1: Rub. Rub. Hey, when you can get cellular uh, up there in the sky, you let me know. I mean, maybe as you're getting really close oh, to the ground, goodness.
0: what do you have? Did you
2: hear like, on uh, just the other day? I read on the thing that there was a. Passengers had to subdue some guy. I always think about that stuff. He groped at one of the stewards. Oh yeah, yeah. They grabbed him. I always think about that because actually, I think that's easier than it sounds because you're you're in. There's not a lot of room to roam. No, you
1: can't slip away from. Yeah, no. So if
2: I got a hold of you and pulled backwards, yeah. There's no. I don't care who you are. You're going. There's no balance. Like your legs are tight. Like everything's tight. You know what I mean? So they they duct tape that dude. I'm like, man, how come I did can't the, see did the
1: stewardesses do that? Or no, no passengers. the passengers. See, that's some dude man. standing there saw it. And- we need more people like that mm-hmm. who are willing to take action in public. I mean, I, mean I
2: don't want that to happen to a lady, but no? there's part of me that I think, why can't I ever see anything cool like that? You know what I mean? See, <laughs> <laughs> Jump on the guy,
1: duct tape him, be awarded civilian mm-hmm. of the year, not only pastoral associate of the year, right. but civilian, civilian of the, of the year, year, two years in a row. <laughs> Gary, how do you end up around all these, yeah, these know, situations? Man. He looks for them. Oh, that would be awesome, though. Mm-hmm. I, I, you hear about that stuff sometimes, like heroic
2: things or whatever. You think, what would I do?
1: There was a guy in France a few years ago. I watched the video where he he climbed down like three floors of balconies and saved like a toddler hanging off just by a thread with his hands. I mean, literally. He was on the outside? On the outside, on the balconies. And wow. this guy just, with no hesitation, Skillfully, I think I saw down, that. Grabs him up, and the uh, the mayor of whatever town in yeah. France or so, somebody gave him some kind of award. Well, you but. better believe it. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Like you would kind of hang down and drop to the next yeah. one, yes, and then crawl back out,
2: hang down, drop to the next one, going after a little kid. Yes, it doesn't know kid. him, and
1: yeah. I mean, I I'd, I'd probably just fall. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <you're> right. That's <laughs> the
2: thing. You think to yourself, like, how can I do this? It's not that I'm worried about killing myself, but if I die. That this little kid's gonna die. So So I gotta somehow get him without dying.
1: Here's a theoretical question. All right, so Rose and I love alligator watching. Whenever we go to Georgia or Florida, we always find a Gatorama and we'll go to these wildlife places. So we're standing over this pit of alligators, and you know, like I might mildly antagonize them or, you know, put a stick on them, uh, even though you're not allowed (laughs) to harass them and watch them bite in half. Well, anyway. She People's said gonna she hear said this. we're going to get an email. She said what would happen if I fell in this pit would you jump in after me? I said I would jump at, I would jump in after you. you know, pit of alligators even though we'd probably both likely die. I said if it was lava and you were slowly going in, no way. Sorry, what's baby. what's your limit on like lava the risk risk analysis uh, with with saving your spouse or kids? Well, I mean, the question I guess would be can you save them? Right. What so if so it's the lava? Run? 1% Sorry, well, 1% chance? One percent chance you can save, you them. save
2: them. See, I think so lava is a zero. We agree. We oh, yeah, that's a zero. bit of lava. Yeah, you're not.
1: You're not. You're not getting out of that. So, like,
2: if they're drowning, I'm going after oh, them for sure. So, like, yeah, sure. that's that may be. You may die there. You right, know what I mean? Because right. that would be
1: pit, pit of alligators. So, Probably one per. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: That'd be bad. That'd be scary. Yeah, especially with. I'd be like Samson, grabbing them and grab over, ripping their bones <laughs> <child laughs> off. <So laughs>
0: and, and a pit of alligators. Is it deep water? No, this was shallow. Shallow. Okay, it's yeah. especially for my kids because I could, I could throw man. them back yeah, out. True, of True. True. Like literally, I could like we, I Aubrey, could launch. Maybe. Would,
1: would you? Would you? Know, like you could pick her. How far do you think I could throw? Michael, would you go in after
0: me? Would you be able to throw me if you came in? What and about people? me? I go in after you. Yeah. I would rather you What's fight you? the alien. I would like this. I'd go, brother.
1: For you. Go,
3: Mark! You're doing good. The Lord
2: is sovereign over
3: all things, brother. Good luck.
2: No, I would. I'd
1: come after you. That'd be sweet. Imagine me and Mark wrestling around with alligators Just in the Michael can videotape us. I'm not hopping in there with you. All. Hey, before, well, now.
2: I, before I lost all this weight, I was, obviously I, I didn't just like sit around. Like I would I went into CrossFit. I was doing, I was trying to lose it by working out. It wasn't happening. Blah blah. blah. But one of the things I was trying to do was swim because I love mm. to swim. And so I was swimming. I'd be swimming laps, right? And I'm big, right? And I'm looking at these little these little teenage girls' lifeguards. And I'm thinking to myself, buddy, <laughs> you better keep swimming. Because can you imagine if I started having a problem? Yeah. This little yeah. girl is, what, 83 pounds
1: is going to jump Soaking in here wet. and get me. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, they're trained and with buoyancy, they might be able to. I mean, Maybe I'm, she grabs, like, a, yeah, a yeah. thing. A rope. Yeah. A right. life saver. Yeah, yeah. Believe me, when
2: you're a big man, you think these things. Mm. A big man... Instinctively looks at the life cars to say, What are the odds? Can that guy get me out of here?
0: <laughs> I'm suspicious of you.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah, all right. Uh, before we dive completely in, just so you guys know, it wasn't as bad as I thought, but I know that there was an outbreak across the United States where a ton of them landed. But in Ohio, there was a tornado outbreak from April 21st to the 24th of 1968, um, struck portions of the Midwest United States, primarily along the Ohio River Valley. The worst tornado was an F5 that struck portions of southeast Ohio. That's serious. From Willersburg to Gallipolis, just north of Ohio, Kentucky state line. In the end, at least 26 tornadoes touched down, leaving 14 dead, including five in Kentucky and nine in Ohio. So uh, the damage uh, total was 47 million, which would be equivalent to 353 million. Yeah,
2: wow. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, you were just a young pup.
2: My dad was
1: here. <laughs> I was a, a young, young pup. He
0: was, <laughs> he was a young pup in his father's, a twinkle in his father's yeah, that, eye. That's it. All right. So uh, we launched back into Acts. What stood out to you guys? Any questions, things that uh, you're like, oh, that, was, that stood out? Or something that like wasn't touched on that maybe you noticed was not hammered in as much?
2: Well, the heat's starting to get turned up on the people of God. Yeah. For
1: sure, which has been the pattern. What were your? Remind me your your outline points, Michael.
0: My main I, point was the gospel always survives. Right, right, uh, right. Wreckage, uh, revival, threepers. and renewal. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. No, it, it fit with you know the motif of Acts and the overall motif of Scripture. So, I thought you you handled it really well. Um, you know, as you become kind of introduced to Saul. He's practically unrecognizable from his epistles in this passage. Dude, his ravaging
0: was like an animal. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's dragging men and women out of their homes. Yep.
2: He was a terrorist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know of another way to put it. No, by today's standards, for sure.
0: I mean, going in and taking over religious things.
2: Yeah, and then having them arrested. And and they were
0: so terrorized, we'll see this in the next few weeks. Disciples didn't believe his conversion and were afraid. mm -hmm. Like,. They were, oh, so they were scared of him. But hey, here, here's Saul. And they're like, wait, so what? So, like,
2: when you hear like about ISIS reviewer, you, you don't hear about this much, very much anymore because of President Trump. But back before, when they were releasing videos of beheadings and things, mm. they didn't just randomly take them and start beheading people. They would have a quote unquote trial. Yeah. So, when it, so, that's what, when, when you're comparing Saul to that's the way they did it. Hmm. Like when you hear, oh, he's taking him to jail to take him on trial. Don't. It's not like they're going to get a good trial. It's a formality. Right. It's a public spectacle. All the while knowing they're getting stoned to death, hmm. or there's something's going to happen to them. They're 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 done. You know what I mean? So like this was ravaging like an animal. Like he knows
1: it. They know it. Everyone knows it. It's it's interesting that he he was so zealous and he thought he was doing it for God, but he did it in ignorance. He later you know, assesses and oh, how many, zealous. I mean yeah. you, you look at like Jehovah's Witnesses, Muslims, just all these cults and false ideologies who they serve God in the in their idea of God better than most Christians do. I mean Mormons yeah, that commit to like a two year missionary. There's oh. they're zealous. And you know it's that's that's the beauty of the gospel that it can pick up these people who are enemies to the church, and then convert their, seal, their zeal into working for God. That's it.
2: Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean,
0: he continued with the same zeal for the gospel. Yeah, I was just going to say. I mean, he's that passionate. The zeal
1: stays the
2: same, but the zeal for all the false systems, the cults, the Mormons, the Muslims, the whatever, all of the zealousness is for yourself. Yes. It's for yourself. Christian zealousness is for the glory of God... And for the benefit of other people, whether or not you gain anything from it, that's not what motivates us. Because our salvation is already purchased. Right. That's a done deal. So we're not, I'm not doing this to get to heaven. I'm going to heaven if yeah. I do it or not. Hmm. So our zealousness is outward focus. And that is, I think, an underappreciated um, distinction hmm. that I think we need to think more about. I mean, that really is different about us.
1: Yeah, and I need to I need to clarify something. In the benediction, I reversed some words, and it sounded heretical. That was not my intention. Uh, so just clarification. That was just a mis- We had a meeting
2: with him yeah. Sunday night. Se-
1: several meetings confronted we, me to he my did face. Not.
0: He, <laughs> did not. Did you say what it was?
1: What, what was he it? So, so
0: Mark said, Jesus paid for the blood by his church. Uh, when he Something along those lines. When he should have said, Jesus paid <laughs> for the church with his blood. Uh, and that's what he meant. It's just one of those things where, you know, you're speaking. And that was such you know,
2: a great benediction. I, I was like, yeah. I was going to say something to him. I was like, no, I don't want to discourage him
1: because it was oh. like such a And then immediately, guy. hey,
0: he messed pal. it all up. says, No, Gary. Oh. the
2: church oh, bought, you bought the blood, blood of, of Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what? I go, you I, I, said the church bought the
1: blood of Jesus. I had a Biden moment. I don't even recall saying
0: that. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I'm sure Jeff has it on recording. A <laughs> uh, Biden moment. So, just one thing to end, and we'll move on to to the rest of our segment. But uh, verse eight, and in, in the midst of chaos, the church remains joyful. Uh, and and my reminder for for you today, church, be joyful even in the midst of chaos, because nothing's chaotic mm. to God; it's yeah. all in His control, um, and He's working. Even persecution, everything out. all of yeah. this, yeah. like well, so. That's the thing. We're they're, not always gonna
2: be popular. Like, they're sojourners at this point;
0: they're out of their land. Yep. And they're joyful. They're they're sharing the gospel. And this was a people that could have then turned on them. They could have gone from stoning in Jerusalem to stoning in Samaria because of how they treated the Samaritans for all those years. Yeah. Like the the reason the the woman at the well, like that story, is so profound is like aside from like everything, like even the stuff Jesus says, it was who he's dealing with. One, a woman, but two, yeah, uh, a Samaritan woman at that. That was a big and, deal
2: because they were half breeds, and yeah. the the, the you know, we would like like there used to be a term with half black half. They called mulattoes. Like right. that's how they were looked at, and the, and they were not really accepted by anybody hmm. because everybody back then were so ethnic. Like every, yeah. the, it wasn't just the Jews that were ethnic, like ethnically proud, but so were the heathens. Yeah. So if you're intermarried like this, and then they would kind of intermingle religion stuff, you know, and and right. so
1: yeah, they were not. I, would, I don't I mean, know if they simple. were hated per se, but they were not. Treated as equals. No, the Syrophoenician woman was compared yep. to a dog. Yeah, you know? and they weren't cute little puppies back then. They were no. you know, mangy little. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. And again, you know, even Jesus, the route that he took, they would usually go around Samaria to avoid them. Mm-hmm. Like they they didn't even want to interact with them. Uh, which made their journey a lot longer too. So it wasn't even like practical. So, anyways, a few of the topics we wanted to talk about today as we uh, progress through. It's a potpourri.
2: We're uh, having a potpourri
0: Explain Oh, look potpourri- who's coming in Oh, we got a, a guest we are live it. on the mic So let's This is Mark yeah, Nostalo PG, Michael PG Michael Michael <laughs> Alright, children <laughs> Um. So what we're going to be talking about today You called it a, a potpourri A potpourri A
1: potpourri Popery.
2: That's not what heresy. we're talking about But
0: can you explain you Why Pope- is it heresy?
1: Popery. it's with the It's a pope's It's the pope's it No, that's popish
0: I say potpourri.
1: Are you talking about the bathroom scent potpourri? Potpourri! Yeah. Didn't you guys,
2: you don't remember that from the 90s? It made a, yeah. It was a big deal.
1: Yeah, the bathroom My mother, My mother would have them. these little
2: bags and it would have stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Moving on. A potpourri is a mixture. Or maybe we could call it a, top, you a topic.
0: You call it a topic salad. We could call
2: it topic salad this week.
0: I don't like that. No, it's it's Mark car- DiSalo is
2: with us, by the way, folks. Yeah. Hello.
0: Uh, so we're going to be talking about, is cussing a sin? How old should someone be to get baptized? And are we Calvinist? Um, first off, is cussing a sin? The blanket answer. Tell us, Michael. Is, yeah. All What's right. What's your wisdom? Give Give you guys my wisdom. So, part of the problem um, that you 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 run across is. Um, us assuming language uh, <laughs> assuming like there's like a list so we we generally blanket things and we do this in, in Christianity um, in general like we don't we say just don't drink instead of dealing with self-control we'd rather just not drink offense um, around offense right yeah so like it, and it even goes to, to Adam in the garden um, what was it where or Eve uh, the the uh, serpent I don't have the scripture in front of me says um, you know eat of this tree and she says God said don't eat uh, and don't, and don't touch. touch but he never said don't touch so there's good precautions to take uh, so like don't don't get close to the line but you also don't want to insert something God didn't say so if you take a precaution right. but when you say God said something that he didn't um that that's wrong so
1: well on, the, on that point the Pharisees said there were the law was offense and the Pharisees would put fences around the fence mm-hmm. so they're adding that and extra sometimes layer two or three fences <laughs> right, like right. multiple fences and the more fences the more holy you are right so the
2: fence that we were supposed to worry about is the one God set up said so don't cross this line right oh we better add an extra line and get as far and there's actually and so you want to be like if you want to be what's the word gracious to them there is a principle of fleeing from sin yes staying from sin right but here's the thing the way you do that may not be the mm-hmm. way that I'm doing that. That's right. But if you make your way a law, yep. now you're God. Now you're a lawgiver. Right. So, so we're all supposed to avoid drunkenness. And for a whole bunch of you listening to this, it probably means you don't need to drink. Period. Right? But I can't make that a law because that's not true for everybody. Right. right. I drink all the time without ever getting even a buzz. I used to.
0: You least, could drink
2: back in the day. well it sounded you like lift, you said you the, drink all the time. You, no, I don't Remember, drink. All, you could drink all that yeah. and not get some, not get certainly not get drunk. So God says, don't get drunk with wine or or, or any of these other things. That's it,
0: right? Yeah, that's it. So, so then, you're
2: lying to, to avoid that, and the same thing with cussing and all this other stuff.
0: Right. So. Uh, Ephesians four twenty nine. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as it fits occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. So you've heard. Don't let a foul word come from your mouth. Your mouth like so, don't cuss. Right. Uh, the problem is, is um, we're we're assuming a lot there, um, and then what we're doing, and instead of so corrupt not,
2: talk is off the table, right? Right. So, so that's like, clear. Like we're not supposed to do that.
0: And and we can let's talk about it because. What we do is we assume, okay, that means foul language or profanity, so you can't drop F-bombs, can't go around like saying um, this or that. But then we turn around and we're like, that person's an idiot, Um, they're a moron, you're stupid, I can't believe you think like that, and because it's not an F-bomb, it's okay. But actually, uh, James says, we praise God with our mouth and then uh, curse those made in his image. Uh, so James talks about words as well and how like our words um, carry a lot of weight. Um, but what James never says is F-bombs are off the table, like this or that's off the table. And and even Paul here in Ephesians, the whole point is like the heart's intent behind what you're saying. Um, is it building up the body of Christ? Is it showing grace to those who you're speaking to? Um, and if not then whatever it is you're saying, whether it, maybe it isn't uh, in the list of profanities, um, it just shouldn't be said. Um, so we've got to see other people with, with uh, the dignity that God has given them and created them in. Uh, but as far as swearing, um, I'll be one of those ones that would say that you don't have to, but I believe like there's time and place and occasion for certain words. Uh, I don't really feel like... So let me be honest number one. So let me be honest with you. I think like even in the marital bed, um, there's going to be uh, a use of language that probably wouldn't be used with your neighbor um, because of context.
1: <laughs> Hopefully not. So
0: Better not on, but, but do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like yeah, I'm, for I'm sure without right. going through the list and exhausting it, like I think that, that that gives you the idea of
2: So that's an example. If you were to make a blanket statement that some of those words is a sin. Then obviously there would be a sin in the bedroom to do it, to say that, right? And yet I've met all kinds of people. I've had pastors say things like that to me. Well, in the bedroom it's okay when you're with your wife, and it's like it's either okay or it's not okay. Where are you coming up with this?
1: But it, but it is it's context and intent. Yes. Cause, because because
0: because Paul talks about intent here. Yeah. Because he what he's saying is. Um, but only as such is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Now, I wouldn't say, wouldn't say like even in the marital bed, like it's it's giving grace, right? But I believe like, I do believe there's a certain place and time for things. And again, like that's the easy one I think to talk about. But like even um, there was a guy that um, he was a part of our sending church and he worked in a prison and he asked us that question. He said, hey, like, I, I feel bad like am I not supposed to cuss he's like but I also want you guys to understand the context in which I work and then disciple me but like if I don't get stern with those guys and use some of the harsh language to get them to understand my seriousness he said they won't take me seriously he's like so every now and then I got to tell them like yeah. sit down you know what right. I mean you right. it, your uh, blank
2: blank down right
0: and and he said like they would get it and like they had a mutual respect for one another, so it wasn't like a, a disrespect or a disregard for their dignity or value.
1: Yeah, and, and we we view the Bible as this PG book and it's a rated R movie mm-hmm. in the content that it presents. Sure. And it's not it's not mild. You read Ezekiel 16, its it it'll make any sensible person blush well, when they read it. And, all revelation, yeah. all the bloodshed, all the. Right, right. The but as, as far as language, and, and you know, I'm not going to die on this hill, but, you know, Paul does use, use the word scabalo in uh, Philippians 3, talking about his own righteousness. So he. Here is a situation where the gospel's at stake when looking at an individual, when their own righteousness appears to be what's sufficient to get them to heaven, and he calls his own righteousness scaballo, and it's harsher than the word crap. And um, so here you have the New Testament using that. There are some, uh, not just euphemisms, but straight up, what we would consider cuss words used in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. so we don't want to be holier than the Bible. Uh, and I know that scholars have gone back and forth of this, but it, but it really is context. I don't use certain language around my children. Uh, I, was just I around, ask. So it's always okay to cuss, always. Right, right. Around you know work. Uh, there's, there's plenty of places where I reduce it, but to make a point, like you said, it, it is not inappropriate. To, well, to and, and that's the biggest things. thing. So
0: it's like it's an unfortunate thing where. To answer your question and be like yes and no, Um, but it is one of those yes and no things. And I mean, like you got to ask yourself, like, what are you using it for? Like, what's the point? Uh, Where are you using it? What's the benefit? But
2: doesn't the Bible say coarse
1: jesting? Doesn't that mean cussing? It could, in context, it could. That's why I I think context. I mean, Jesus says if you call your brother a fool, he's talking about Ephesians five. About coarse jest, yeah. I mean, there there are some passages like. I mean, here it says, um, yeah, nor vain. filthiness, yeah. nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not appropriate, but rather of giving thanks. Yeah, it says, and, nor
0: crude joking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean. Right.
1: And you know, I str- I've struggled with, with that because I don't want to, because I viewed it as a liberty in context and intent.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't want to just come up to the line and continually cross it, but I do think that, um, again, words. You know, words change over time in the English language, and That's words that were highly offensive before are now right. commonplace, and nobody thinks of them other than what they're presented to be. I'll, I'll so, give you an example. The word sucks. Mm-hmm. It still has
2: a, a little bit of a bite to it, but when I was a kid, yeah. that was a...
0: Did you get on to me for saying it the one time? Did you say it at church? Yeah. I absolutely oh, oh, There's fundamentalism is coming. It, <laughs> it comes up. Something. No, well, it came out and it was like sometimes life sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but like I said that. I'm by telling like, you,
2: in 1983, that oh, would have lost been, my job. I guarantee you. I'm not kidding. You would have. Right. Like that would have been scandalous. And another word that's like that is screwed. Mm-hmm. I'm so screwed. Yep. That people say that so much now that it's been totally divorced. Almost, I'd say 99% divorced. From its original connotation. And if you do try to make it sound like something else, you actually have to kind of think about Oh, oh, I get what you mean by that. Because it rolls off so fast. So to your point, there are certain words that... They evolve. They evolve in their meaning. Um, And then you can... It's actually funny. If you go back into the writings of Martin Luther, when he was debating with... uh,
1: Zwingli? Yeah. Mm. Or was it Eris? Uh, uh, the guy? This
2: Roman Catholic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh,
1: I Man, what was his name? His name slipped in my mind. His famous you, it's, debates. It used to, it's, whatever it is. I'm looking. <clears> go ahead. He, yeah, look. But it, he he would, erastus. 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 Not
2: correct. Erastus.
1: Is it Erastus? Ar- no, oh my gosh. Psst. Yeah, it's Erastus.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I almost said Erastus, and that was a different guy, right? Um. Anyway. Yes. Go ahead. So, I'll confirm. he would flat out, Martin Luther, now he's not scripture, right, so you could easily just say, well, he's an idiot then. But Martin Luther, if you don't understand the, those languages, he was he was cussing this guy out. He was cussing yeah. him out in writing and publishing it, calling him a blank blank and this and this. But the words would be like, you know, you grasshopper. Dog,
1: dog-headed. Yeah, you, yeah. like bellied yeah. Seriously, so... It's Erasmus. Erasmus, by the way. It It is Erasmus? Erasmus?
2: Okay. Yeah, Luther and Erasmus. So the point is that you could be reading what Luther was saying and not even get it at all. You may not even really know he's insulting the guy. Right. Because it's a weird word, right? It's lost its meaning. It's lost its... The language changes. The Bible doesn't give us some exhaustive list of seven words that you're not allowed to say as a Christian... What, and so that would make life a lot easier, I think. It's cut and dry then. It was and then like, a straight list, there we yeah. go. Yeah. We, don't, we don't have, have nothing to do with my heart. The, I can say crap instead of the S word. I'm good. I'm not bad. I didn't say the S word. And yet you, you said crap and you had every bit of the, the same intent. Yes. But no, I'm good. So, I'm a, so the Bible deals with the heart issue, the context, and you being responsible with
1: what you're What's, what's coming out of your mouth. Well, the context, and you've already mentioned the bedroom, but think about it. We're in a cigar lounge. This is a different context. than. it moves. You're, you're going to play a certain song at a happy birthday party versus a funeral, right? There, there is just a societal context where you don't come to church and, you know, uh, entertain in a certain way. Right. Right? You don't, you when you have a birthday party for your kids, you're not playing, you know, dearth, uh, mm-hmm. dearth music for the kids so right. that they're, you what? know, all depressed. Der- Dirth? Dearth music? Is that, that's a word, right? Mm-hmm. That's from What's dearth? Like dark. Like, dark funeral music. Okay. Yeah. Funeral you know the Undertaker? <laughs> you, <can't recall> me. <laughs> you know the wrestler,
2: the Undertaker? The music he would come down to, that would be dearth. You know, Use it. I'm glad you.
0: He, heard he, it he wore stuff. the mask, right? In like the red and black. Suit. No.
3: Get out of here! That's his brother Kane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Worst lies ever told was that they were really brothers. Oh. Uh, so, anyways, this is, uh, you know something that you guys are talking on, and like I feel like needs to be hit. And um, you know, you you big uh, Trumpers don't don't be getting mad. But um, locker room talk for Christians is not okay. Um, there's a sense and context where, like, we have certain joking and, like, some language may be permissible, maybe. Um, but there's there's a certain point where us guys have to, to value those we're speaking of. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. So, so just because you're with other people who may enjoy the same crude jokes doesn't make it okay. Right. Um, and I think that's just important. Um, you can support people uh, politically and, and not back everything that they've said in their past. But... There, there's okay, a point of the Christian he didn't disposition. Say he was sorry. Okay, good. He did. And I was just saying that just because just, and I only said that to you guys jokingly. But what he said it, was
2: terrible. B- I,
0: believe me. It, but because it was, it, it
2: almost was, cost my vote at but, first.
0: But what he said was was right though, right? Like that we guys have written a lot of the way that we talk about Lady's ladies Splangers crudely
2: was not right, but he was no, accurate. No, you know?
0: yeah. What I'm saying, what he's is, saying is
2: that we all like his excuse was. We all know what locker room talk is. Right. It's fine. It ain't no big deal. So what
0: I'm saying is he actually talked about it. There's an issue. And yeah. he's 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 not the leader of that issue. It's, it's us men and you know like the no, way that we yeah, we Donald look at you. No, the no, word. no. So um I was only joking with you guys. But what about
1: saying like god Jesus Christ. Uh, wrong. In the words of Trump, wrong. wrong. I, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Fake And, news. and, and I've talked to, you know, and this is from the past. I've talked to pastors who consistently use the Lord's name in vain. And I know that the third commandment is not necessarily verbally expressing God's <laughs> way, name in a vain way. I think it has that connotation. I know it's taking on the name of God and living in a vain way. But I would, I would argue that it includes that. I do too. So, You know, there's nothing that makes me shudder. I I had a a meeting with uh, a work associate the other day, and they just kept on using the name of Jesus in a vain way. And it just puts this like... Saying
0: JC over and over. Over and over. And it's just
1: like, that's the one thing. I understand it because their sin can be forgiven, right? It's not like blaspheming the name of Jesus is unforgivable sin. But that just gets my go. No, I don't that. like that. And, and, you know, oh my or God. Or they'll throw belay. it in the middle of
2: a cuss word Jesus, blank, and everything. Right. This. And, and I
1: think, you know, we all do this is a culture where OMG, and my kids do the OMG, and like, excuse me? Like, oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah. mm, you're about this close to right. helping me knock those baby teeth out of your mouth. I, so, little, so if that helps you
0: feel a little bit better, like, you know, being 27, I only see OMG as "Oh my gosh," right. and that's not a Christian thing. Like, you, even I going back to like in high school when I would text that, like yeah. it meant "Gosh."
1: Yeah, no, no. It's again context, right? Mm-hmm. And and there are euphemisms. We all use euphemisms. I'm not saying euphemisms. Dude, in my fundamental
2: Baptist church when I was in Sunday school, I remember my Sunday school teacher saying "Gosh" is a sin too.
1: Oh, same here. At you the were and I was told that. They like, got on us. Just say, why don't you just say God? Like you're, we yeah. know what you're trying to say. And then the Calvinist, when you're like, oh, just say, oh my goodness. But do you really have goodness? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, uh, I, as far as, I do think primarily it is taking on the name of God in a vain way. But I also think, it's almost like in a dictionary where there's a first definition and a second definition. I do think that if you're using the name of God in a flippant or in a, in a flippant way, or in a curse, actually using his name to curse somebody, um, I believe that's clearly
1: taking his. Like that is no doubt. You cannot do that. His name is holy. Yeah. And uh, and we we've all done it, and that's why we need Christ. And we we all. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know. Before I knew the Lord, I used that type of language. Um, so yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, Mark, so, and mm-hmm. and your work environment. Uh, is what is the language well, yeah is it pretty like yeah all around you and and for some of you believers like uh, that are listening to this like that that's like a good it's an opportunity so I used the example of a guy who worked in the prison earlier and that's because he had to get people's attention and them to take him seriously because he had the job to do they weren't there working um, but I've heard other Christians uh, who came to know Christ working in these kind of environments and they were able to use their language as an example and an opportunity for the gospel so. That's really good. Um, next question. How, How old, old does
2: a kid need to be before you get baptized? Old enough.
0: What's that mean? To know the gospel.
3: That's you know, like Bella Wanda when my wife and I got baptized. Yeah. Even though we were baptized, we were babies. My daughter wanted to be a part of it. And I, I said, honestly, listen, I understand you want to be a part of it, but I can't uh, allow you to do it. Not for a simple fact that I don't want you to do it, but you don't understand the commitment that you're making. You're nine years old, you don't. And right now, because of everything she's been through with right. the loss of her brother, she still she kind of has a hate for God that mm-hmm. we're you know working through because she doesn't understand why God took him away. Uh, her bunny just died, took her bunny away. You know, to her right now, right. God's bad because all he does is take things away. Yeah. So I, told, I said, you can't you can't make a commitment like that without knowing uh, you know the gospel and knowing the background. Of it. And the so commitment I, you're making. You know, I don't think there is an age. There's people who get baptized at 50 years old. There's people who get baptized at 20 years old. Yeah, but it's a lifelong commitment. You know, yeah. Just be, and again, you're being baptized in, in water. Is it's it's all symbolic but until you're actually baptized in the Holy Spirit and you get that rush over you. You're you know, it's just symbolism. Dude, that's right.
0: Very good. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So like, because we
2: got parents right now wrestling whether or not soon it'll be mainly you'll be wondering this this you know like when do we know why do we think through these things
0: and the biggest thing maybe you're listening to this and like yeah i think you guys are overcomplicating this i would i would push back a little bit and say i don't think we are and the reason is you can talk to people who were raised in the good old days of america you know where everybody at least knew a little bit of jesus right uh It's like Jack and Diane, you know, that old uh, Camp song, like good old days. But uh, they, they look back at that moment of baptism, and that is their assurance. The problem is, if you don't know what you're doing before you do it, right, if you're not actually saved beforehand, because what Mark is saying is, right, it's symbolic of something that's already happened. So if you didn't have it right beforehand, then all that is is a sign, and for you who's not a believer that was baptized, it's a false sign. Um, your hope is in something you did and not what Christ did for you. So we want to be cautious because baptism doesn't save you. Uh, we want to be cautious and making sure before kids particularly, even adults, we're cautious with adults. Right. But what you get with adults is better articulation. Uh, they, they fully grasp it. They can explain their sin. They can explain their depravity. They can explain... The gospel With kids, it's not necessarily that they don't know it, but it's getting them to fully understand it before they make that commitment. So, Mark, I mean, I think you knocked it out of the park there. Like, you don't want them to rely on that because they didn't fully understand. Hey. But, oh, you know, like dad got me in the water with pastor and they baptized me and that yeah. was it.
3: Right now, I'm I've, I've talked to people that have said that.
0: Well, you were cautious with witnessing to
2: people, and they're right. like, "No, I'm good." When I was seven, my grandma right. took me to church and got me baptized, so I'm going to heaven. I'm <laughs> like, "Whoa!" Like,
3: "Whoa!" It's not like a magic. one But way people pass. kind of think like that, yeah. Right, I get it. But I
2: had to go through this same process of thinking through when Calvin, he was ten. Um, yeah, he was ten. Here, here's so here's the flip side. this to where I this make this is what makes it hard for me to give advice on this because each kid is different a lot of times we'll have our kids express faith in Jesus we'll notice they're asking questions they're talking to their friends about Jesus they like going to church they 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 enjoy the things of God you know you notice that they they've um, they're praying and they've uh, confessed sin and so forth. So you all these things, right? And then we'll think like, I just want to see more. I just wanna, I wanna be more sure, more sure. And oh, oh by the way, and the child is expressing a desire to be baptized. And so then our response is, I want to see more. I want to see more. I think there, there's a tension there. Because we don't want them to go through a formality, because mom and dad did it, or because their friends are doing it. On the other hand, I do think we could run the risk of presenting the gospel and salvation as an earned thing, like something that you've got to be good enough, you've got to be more than anything, smart
0: enough. There could be that too. Because right? with kids, we're really looking for the articulation, because it's almost like we think their minds are so small, and there's some some truth to to like, the comprehension of the gospel. But if we remember that the gospel gets a hold of us, we don't get a hold of the gospel, right. um, then it change our, changes our perspective. Um, but again, like, our, our biggest concern is, is not wanting them to have false assurance down the road. Like, well, I, I got baptized, so I'm, I'm good. So, like, what are some things that you would say that you're looking for, not just in a child, but even an adult, uh, that you're looking for them to be able to, to explain that shows you that they've really... Uh, repented and believed in the gospel Put it
3: over. Lift up the lid.
0: So I, I know uh, from my perspective I mean I, I like to keep it
1: as simple as possible but I, I want them to so I have four kids and um, none of them have yet been baptized and I, I don't want them to just repeat what I've taught them I want like you said the gospel to get a hold of them so it's personalized where it's not just Our sin as a human race, it's their sin they are convicted about. It's not just Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, it's Jesus Christ, my Savior. So, those are two things I'm looking for, and that plays out in different ways. Um, You know, some people are going to be more sensitive to sin than others, but I, I do want to see a genuine some level of repentance. Now, again, right. everybody's at different stages. You know, I like I really like what RC R. Sproul says that when he comes when Jesus comes to the fig tree, he doesn't condemn it for having very few figs on it. He condemns it for having none as a representation of Israel yeah. and then their subsequent judgment. So, um, some people are going to, you know, 10 uh, 30 60 100 fold, you know, repentance and faith, uh, but then also I I think the the capstone to it all for me is they understand that baptism is obedience and they pursue it. So, yes, teach them. But after you've taught them and they understand it, they want it. They can't do without it because they love Jesus and they want to obey him. So I'd say those are the two main things where they demonstrate faith and repentance. And then understanding those things and baptism, they come for it. So it's not an
2: age thing for you.
1: It, It is not, no. So they
2: could be 13 and still not get it, and
0: you're saying... Oh, yes, they could be 33 and still not get it. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yes. right. Um, yeah, I think what you said is, like, my sin, my conviction, um, and then, in result, my Savior, my Lord. Um, that's, I mean, that's something I think all of us need to start grasping. Is, is Jesus the Savior, or is Jesus your Savior? That's right. Now, it's both are true, but is he Lord over your life? Because he's Lord. Um He's glorious. He he has glory, uh, but we are to glorify him, right? Like that's that's our worshiping and our acknowledgement of the Savior. Um, that's our um, uh, surrendering our life to Him and making Him Lord over our life. He's Lord of all, um, but there's this submission, he, right? Right? Is He your Do you Lord? acknowledge
3: Him personally as your Lord? Right. Well, that's the thing people don't understand is if. You know, you could, you know, atheists, You don't believe in God, okay? That doesn't mean that God doesn't believe right. in you, and you know, has power over you. Right.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Good so then stuff. Third and final question: Are we Calvinist? Are we, I like.
2: Sometimes that question gets asked. So, like, it's like a what is majority? a Calvinist, Michael?
0: Yeah. So let me let I me ask you. Guys so, were Christians. So I'll say this: Our pastors are Reformed. Uh, particularly in our soteriology, which means our understanding of salvation, um, in that we believe that God chose us before the foundation foundation of the world uh, for our good and for his glory, uh, according to the counsel of his will. Now, uh, I do know that there's some nuances. What's a, what's a
2: Calvinist?
0: But, so, if you all could lay that out for me. Like, I would say, yes, I'm Calvinist. But, like, I'm, I'm not completely, like, on the Reformed view necessarily of, like, eschatology in times like I know that yeah. so like reform <laughs> so when we talk about that there's there's a lot that comes into it apart from salvation I so, would
2: almost say at this point the word reformed may actually have a bigger implication to that stuff than then Calvin, just Calvin I, def- I think def- Calvinist Calvinism. So Calvinism is an engine declared, of reformed yeah. theology okay. but it,
1: they are distinct so, all right, we're so,
2: reformed baptists by the way so we need right. to distinct that from Presbyterians. So are we Calvinists? Because people sometimes, visitors will come or whatever, and it's like out their mouth so fast, almost like a pejorative. Like, are you guys Calvinists? So, so how do you answer that? Th-
1: this is the question that what I, is I wait one? for. I've been waiting all week for someone to answer or ask me that question. I, I have a license plate that says "Reformed," and I have a the lot question of questions. not are you reformed? Tell me no, no, the I connection know, between Calvinist and Reformed. Why are so, you guys using so, the word Reformed? Just big big picture. The Reformation comes in light of the Roman Catholic Church dominating the Christian religion, and the reformers like Martin Luther, uh, Swingley, Calvin, uh, you know, Bucer, all of them. They come in and they say no. Uh, the, the Roman Catholic Church is abusing scripture uh, they are abusing their power and the five solas are what def- define the uh being reformed it big picture so uh first one is sola scriptura it means scripture alone scripture is the only authority we go <clears throat> we don't go to councils we don't go to popes is that the first one that is the first one i thought was it was grace alone through faith it's alone it's only, yeah logically you have to start with scripture alone to get to those but you could you could really start uh anywhere so sola scriptura is we go to the word of god alone okay. uh beyond that it's Uh, Christos, uh, sola sola Christus, Christ alone, where he is the only mediator between God and man. There is no Mary. There is no priest. It is literally Jesus Christ and him or Pope or anybody else. Jesus Christ is the only way to God, the only mediator. And there's there's lots of implications that come out of this, but uh, salvation is also by grace alone. So uh, we are not saved by our works, our efforts, our penance, our baptism. There's nothing, no outward thing we can do to uh, become saved. It's by God's grace. That is where I think Calvinism distinguishes between Arminians. Because we would say that grace, uh, grace is a gift of God. You cannot work it up. Not everybody has special grace. Or choose it. Yes. Yes. Um, So faith alone. So uh, sola fide is that uh, it is our faith that justifies us before God. That goes right with grace alone. So it's uh, salvation by grace alone, uh, uh, by through in Christ alone, through faith alone, and then um, did I get that's four. Did I get three or four. I
0: think you've got four, I got
1: four, and then the last one is sola Dea Gloria to God's glory alone. So, a lot of people they want to attribute their their regeneration, their salvation to their something they did. I chose Jesus. I I approached God with a sacrifice that's acceptable. But the scriptures present that it's to God's glory alone. He is the only one who gets glory out of the salvation of a sinner. So that's that's big picture reform. Now, all Christians have to believe the majority of that. You're not a Christian if you don't. But there are nuances that distinguish uh, the Reformed Christian from the non-Reformed Christian. And mostly it it hovers around the sovereignty of God. So, uh, and you guys jump in if you want to cover Tulip. But
2: um, yeah, that's... So what's a Calvinist thing? Yeah. So, so what's a Calvinist? What's an Arminian?
0: Sure. So uh, well, Calvinist would definitely have to do with yeah. You all are right. Uh, five points of Calvinism. I mean, really, like that's where we go. And then you have four and five pointers. So you've got uh, the acronym the of Tulip, uh, which would be the total depravity of man. Uh, that's the T. U is unconditional election. L is limited atonement. I is irresistible grace. P is perseverance of the saints. And that's where you get Tulip. And then you break all those down. Total depravity, man. We are totally depraved. Uh, there's nothing we can do uh, to save ourselves. Um, a great way to put it is you're not as bad as you can, can be, but you're as bad off as you can be. You may not be a murderer, um, like physically, you know, going out and killing people, um, but you're still in the same boat as a murderer. Uh, you've committed adultery in your heart. You've, you've sinned. You've broken the law of God. Uh, therefore, you're, you're a sinner. You're totally depraved. Unconditional election. That's God's choosing of his people unconditionally. Uh, You look at Jacob and Esau um, before they had done anything good nor bad so that the purpose of election may continue. Um, so Arminians would say it's conditional election. Right.
2: Yeah, they've they believe good in five and they've got the But they believe
1: that the condition is your acceptance and not totally depraved. The the will in Arminianism, they would say not, they do, but well, that, the no, way that they define it, classic is not, Ar- classic Arminians reject it. Now some hybrids as you will, um, you know, not honest Arminians will say that the will is truly not, not bound. You know, there are so, the liars amongst them. <laughs> right, right. And, yeah. and we've all been there and at then, some point. But, but you're, does everybody
2: understand the implication of what I just said as far as the Armenian view is that election, because the word is used in the Bible, we are the elect, Christians are elect, is conditioned. Your, your election is conditional upon your willingness to accept it. Right. What we're saying, what Calvinists are saying is that it's unconditional election. That your election has nothing to do with anything you've done or anything you want to do. He picked you whether you wanted picked and you didn't want picked. You see the difference there. So that's yeah. a major line of evangelicalism.
1: And Arminians will say on the election, they'll say, God looked down the quarters of time and he saw that Mark Sherry would choose Jesus Christ. So it starts so, with me. On Therefore, that condition Jesus Christ chose Mark Sherry, and then you were raised, or saying God you looked down yeah. the hallways of history and saw that Mark was a dead, wretched, incapable of coming to salvation sinner. And God, despite that, who would spirit, never choose him. Yeah, who wouldn't choose me by any you know? No, no, you would never choose me. I him. would. I yes. I being d- dead spiritually, which is part of the total depravity. I don't have the ability to respond to God dead without him. That people don't him. do anything. Yes. Yeah. He, so he, his election was unconditional, not conditioned on my
0: response. Right. right. So then you uh, move from unconditional election to limited atonement, which is atonement being you know the 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 paying for. Um, so limited atonement is that Jesus' blood only applies to the elect. Uh, the issue with that, so this is, this when you is hear someone say I'm a four-point four Calvinist, they would say that they don't agree with this point. But let me uh, assure you that it's, it's biblical, it's right, uh, because if Jesus' blood applied to everybody, we would be universalists. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was paid for. Um, so if your debt is paid for, you can't go to the bank and give them $20. If they take it, they're just pocketing your they're money. Stealing. They're yeah, they're stealing um, because it was already paid for. Therefore, no one should be in hell because it was all paid for. Now it's not limited in the sense that it can't uh, apply to somebody who comes to faith. It's what we're saying is it was already paid for. Um, so particular, it's, yeah, par- particular, exactly. But that one
2: gets people upset because at the end of the day, we're saying Jesus didn't die for every man, boy, every man, woman, every child, little yeah. girl. Yeah, and I was raised believing that. Right. Jesus died for every man woman boy and girl and that that sounds great right but it doesn't follow what the bible teaches about not everyone has their sins forgiven and so if Jesus paid for these people's sins and they still go to heaven or I'm sorry they, they still go to hell right now there's a double payment for that sin yeah and that's a, a major double problem. double
1: jeopardy when Jesus died did he die for the sins of Cain did he die for Pharaoh's sins right you know, they're they're already suffering in hell so if Jesus paid the penalty why are they still there why yeah why are they still there he they would be redeemed right and it, it really it comes down to you can either have a really narrow bridge that with which would make God go unjust all, all the yeah, way. because you yeah right because you're you're punishing somebody who has no debt. Right. So John, John Owen wrote a great book, difficult read, but if you even Google some quotes, just type in "limited atonement," John Owen. He makes perhaps the best line of reasoning on the doctrine of limited atonement or particular redemption. Um, it's called "The Death of Death in the Death of Christ." You you will you will find you have to take one of those four positions that he lays out because it's not consistent or logical. And Arminians are fine with that. Uh, but there are only four options, right. and so yeah, ch- definitely check that out.
0: So, um, what you'll have here is the John three sixteen case: God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in right. Him should not Whoso perish.
2: Whosoever. yeah. So, so, so believing the, one. So the
0: thing is, is God loved the world enough to to send His Son. Um, that's it. God, God, His creation. So R C Sproul talks about this. It was enough to like leave you without excuse. Like Jesus is there. Jesus is coming, like Old Testament. You, they looked forward to Jesus. We look back at what Jesus did, but He didn't love it enough. R.C. Sproul puts it like in a kind of like harsh way, to to just pay for it, to be universalist. But he, he gave away, but like the way wasn't paid for everybody, just those who whosoever. And like that's huge because like you hear like well, I've that, heard that
2: preach man, where whosoever will church, like yeah. I mean, have you heard that phrase,
1: Mark? Yeah, whosoever, but here, will will.
0: Here's
2: so the whosoever will, so whosoever not just
1: not just certain people. But whosoever? Well, there's no whosoever in the Greek. It's you look at John three sixteen. It's it's not whoso you know whosoever believe. It's the believing one. Right. That all, is all the believing ones. Oh, yes, yes. So
0: there's your key. So he loved the world enough. RC says, sent his son. But Jesus' death, his oh, the believing one. Yeah, his was absolutely for the elect. Um, Jesus, you know, even said that he came for his people like that. You guys know this is came from churches his mouth. before. This is future yeah. stuff. So then irresistible grace, uh, you cannot resist the the grace of God. Uh, easy example. We can kind of go over this one. Uh, Paul, uh, there was no resisting this uh, for Paul. Now, this does not negate your responsibility for believing. Uh, what we say is is that the Holy Spirit has gotten a hold of you, so then your faith was gifted granted unto you, um, so then you, you live obediently. Perseverance of the saints is... Uh, one of the Baptist terms we would use, uh, uh Once eternal verse. security. Yeah. So, Once saved always saved. So but we believe perseverance being that if you, uh, depart from the faith, uh, you will come back. Be- you will persevere, uh, before your death. You're not just going to die. And it's like, Oh, well, like what we talked about earlier, well, he was baptized at six. So like, that was it. You know what I mean? Like we believe in perseverance. So, um, sometimes so the those
2: pushback are- I hear when people ask this question though, is are you, you Calvinist? Guys, Is that what you're saying? Yeah, are okay. you a? Are, is this a Calvinist church, or are you? I, oftentimes, what they're really wanting to know is, like, do you, like, do you guys worship John Calvin? Like, aren't oh. you? Are you guys? No. Why don't you just? Why don't you just go by the Bible? Why? Why do you want to be a follower of a man?
3: Yeah, and I'm a follower. Yeah. A why are
2: you? Why are you? Um, coming? Why do you subscribe to some system that? Nobody ever heard of until John Calvin, <laughs> who was a murderer, by the way, they would say. Cervantes. So I, I, the, I, what I'm trying to do is ask you guys, how do you answer that question? It's like, we believe the Bible teaches these things.
0: So so, so with, with all things, so here, here's the thing. You, you it, it is easy for me to say that I personally am a Calvinist, because what it does is it gives you a lump sum of my, my view of Scripture. Um, what it shouldn't do is give you my view on John Calvin, um, because there's plenty that he did right, and there's plenty that he did wrong, as we could say with all of our lives. Um, but the difference is, is this man mapped out well um, this this view, right? He did a lot of good for this view, and it was attributed to him. He didn't go around saying, "Hey, guys, listen to, to Calvinism," right? Like, right. let's uh, name it, wasn't it after even me, a term, right? What? No. So, so that's the thing.
2: The five points of Calvinism is something he never
1: heard of. Well, the the Armenians right. actually developed the, the canons of Dort is where it originated. It was. The Arminians had raised the five points of arminianism and then calvinism was an objection to that which were the the followers point. of John Calvin decades yes. after he was dead right he didn't he couldn't tell you what calvinism was so
0: and then the easy thing to do is just back it up with scripture i don't have to talk about john calvin long but it's the same thing with a baptist right like why do we call ourselves baptists why don't we just say that we're christians and it's because there's so many views out there that this helps you to to narrow it down to and the to the un- yeah, yeah just get straight to it to understand who we are and particularly for for us Our church is Southern Baptist. I would say that the leaders, our pastors of New Hill Church, are Calvinists were Reformed Baptists. Do you have to be a
2: Calvinist to be a member? No,
0: you don't. And if you look at our... So here's the thing. The Baptist Faith and Message, which is the church's uh, statement of faith, um, it threads the needle in a lot of areas. It definitely talks about Calvinism, but it also gives you room to not believe in the, the five points of Calvinism. Now, if you sit under our teaching, you're going to hear that. If that's a problem... Uh, and you haven't noticed it as a problem yet, then there's probably not a problem because you've heard it, guaranteed. But um, the the leaders of the church, pastors, we do require them to be reformed um, Calvinist.
2: When I was when I was growing up, and I, I spent my junior high and high school years in a Pentecostal church, I always just associated uh, Calvinism with once saved, always saved. I didn't know about all this other stuff. So sometimes, if somebody asks, do you have to be a Calvinist? to be a member like at New Hill or whatever I, sometimes I think we need to push in a little bit and say what do, you, what do you mean by that yes because if you believe you don't believe in total depravity you don't now you're at or, or, want, or want eternal security that is addressed in right. the Baptist faith and message and those are and issues that we need to hear you out to find out where you're coming from and
0: we haven't run into that Like no, no we haven't
2: and it could just be somebody needs to be taught shown in the Bible go through John yeah, 6 John 10 Ephesians two go through these passages and then they understand and then it's not a problem. But sometimes somebody may come in with an agenda yeah. where they're they're wanting to argue. With Which the in the
0: church, or in our, the, our covenant says that you will not be divisive on the church's teaching. So this would yeah. be a big one. And, 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 yeah,
2: it's because we isn't? have different views on end times. Right, and so not same say anybody's being divisive. But that is not the same thing as eternal security or any of these other things. So sometimes somebody, we have to ask them, what what do you mean by Calvinism?
1: Well, and it's important to differentiate between hyper-Calvinism and then hybrid Calvinism. So we are not hyper-Calvinism. We would view, personally, I would rather be an Arminian than a hyper-Calvinist. Because hyper-Calvinists do not see the image of God in man. You know, we view it as shattered, broken, marred, but still there. Hyper Calvinists say, no, the image of God is ruined, so you can't view people in the image of God. Uh-uh. They they do not believe in praying that it's efficient, that God does not answer prayer. That's we crazy. believe uh-huh. you 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 want you or you know you, you, you know don't receive. know the Westboro
2: Baptist you, people are hypercalvinists. Did
1: wow, you, that makes a
2: lot of sense. It, it very much so. Wow, like, because people have said to them, like like you're not presenting the gospel. Mm-hmm with this God hates fags stuff. Yeah. And they said, they said, they're just real quick. God's going to save his elect. He said, they were not here to do that. Wow. Like we're not, these people. Well, they're there for more. Don't have the image of God basically. And so we're here to tell them that. And
1: that's it. And yeah. And you don't need to witness because God's going to save his elect. So you really, there's no means. God doesn't use means to save people. And then there are hybrids. There are, like you mentioned earlier, three-point, four-point Calvinists. Again, it's just inconsistent. It's not Calvinism. It stands or falls as a system. And I used to be an Amarildian. Uh, Moses Amarat uh, adopted four of the points, and he revised (coughs) the limited atonement, and he made it hypothetical. Um, and it's just it's just not logical it's not consistent so I'm curious what, what made you Calvinist what was your oh, breaking man. point that turned you into it
0: so what's really interesting for me grew up Methodist uh, was saved at a, a Methodist
1: B- or Arminians
2: by the way folks right. yes. for
0: except
1: for the Welsh Methodists they were Calvinists
0: really the only yeah. ones um, so um, at 14 I was saved at a, a college ministry uh, went there for like a sibling night and then didn't get into church until I was 17. That was a fundamental Baptist church. But I didn't know these differences. So then at 18, so just a year and a half later, I run into a Southern Baptist church plant that was a part of the Acts 29 church planting network which is Reformed, Calvinist. Um, they've got those those doctrinal distinctions and pillars that they, they rely on. But it was there, I remember going to an Acts 29 event with the two pastors, Will Basham and at the time, Travis Edwards, and they started talking about it, uh, particularly limited atonement. But then they filled me in on like all the points, and they were discussing limited atonement. And then they, as they explained it to me, they showed me Scripture. And I guess because I didn't have enough of a background, it didn't bother me. Right. Uh, b- because it, it was presented from Scripture. So I think that's the biggest thing is, is, is trying yeah. to, to separate just because you were taught this for so long. Like You still just need to go back to Scripture. And if you were taught it as a child and it's correct and it's still from Scripture, then you're still going to lean on it, right? Like eternal security. Just because you were taught it, go back and study it. Study it with an open mind. What does the Scripture say? Right. Not did what? What did Pastor Bob teach me for twenty five years? Right. Now that's difficult. That's a powerful thing because yeah. you you
2: grew under Pastor right. Bob and Pastor Bob loved you and you loved him. And,
0: and I would say don't don't be discouraged. But what your parents uh, taught you. There are plenty of good brothers and sisters on, on both sides. We, the pastors of, of this church, are under the conviction that the five points of Calvinism are biblical um, and they're beneficial as well.
2: I was raised so. When I was a kid, I was in a kind of a fundamental, pretty, I don't know a fundamentalist church, but a conservative Baptist church, for sure. Uh, then I ended up in the as of God. That was a, That's a whole other story as to how my family ended up there through junior high and high school. And the impression that, and I never dropped the once saved, always saved. I, I i just could never get my head around losing your salvation. It made no sense to me. But this idea of John Calvin, I was taught that he was like a murderer, and that if you didn't believe, like a Muslim today, like if you didn't believe... He would, he would uh, kill you, basically, um, and that all of this stuff is just so bizarre and terrible and whatnot. I remember going to Bible college and people talking about it, and I never really had studied it. And I came home from Bible college, ran out of money, so I'm working in a machine shop, and I had a radio. This is way before podcasting. I'd listen to uh, 1220 a.m. and listen to preaching, preaching, preaching all day long. I just couldn't get enough. And I remember at 7.30, Renewing Your Mind with R.C. Sproul would come on. And I mean, I initially kind of liked him because I my first exposure to him was his work uh, in, in arguing with the Roman Catholics. And so I was like, oh, they, oh, I've heard of this guy. This is cool. I started listening to him. And he gets into this stuff about limited atonement in one of the shows where he's talking about Jesus didn't die for everybody. And dude, I mean, I thought this <laughs> is the most satanic thing I've ever heard in my life. If I, I think back, if I would have, because I, I was working in the machine shop, running my machine, if I would have been by myself, because I was tempted to do this even though people were watching, I wanted to pick that radio up and slam it and just bash it. Like, I can't believe that somebody in the name of God is saying these things, right? But I kept listening, and then the next day I'm listening, and then the next day I'm listening. Lots of R.C. Sproul he was on, that's right when I started my shift. And over time, I started listening to his reasoning that going to the scriptures, because I'm working, but in my lunch, I would go to the scriptures that he was talking about and begin to re- read them. And I'm like, I don't know what, like, there's got to be an answer to this, right? Like, I'm going to disprove this guy. Like, this is crazy town. And just to make a long story short, I it came clear he didn't disprove RC. I, I put <laughs> RC and So I, then I actually became a big, big uh, fan of his, a supporter of his. Actually, would send him like ten dollars a month and stuff like that. Like I mean, I was really into him. Dang. But that's what it
1: was. He was the, doesn't, doesn't he owe you a hundred? Maybe since well, let's RC's, move on since RC's gone,
0: yeah. yeah, he can reinvest. Let's that. Move on. Hey, Gary's paid his debt. But but um. Uh, But
2: that's what it really really was. It was highly offensive to me. It was not... And I remember years later, I heard Matt Chandler make this comment, uh, and it was so true with me. It's like, when you first hear this stuff, it could be highly, almost offensive, uh, or upsetting even Mm -hmm. to some people, but it becomes a warm, fuzzy blanket. Yes. Is that where you got that from? I think it was was either Chandler or Driscoll, and I'm pretty sure it was Chandler. It became like this warm, fuzzy blanket, and... um, And that's where it really is, as you study this, because you begin to think yourself through all these issues of like my depravity and my inability to come to Christ, and then and my need for Christ, my need, right, an inability to do it, and yet He made me able. able. Like He gave me the faith, He gave me the repentance, right, right. And so it becomes a warm, fuzzy blanket, and you can lay your head at night on your pillow, knowing that. He is sovereign right. over everything, and so it becomes a fuzzy blanket.
0: So, uh, final comments because we're we're here at, at the time, Mark.
1: No, I, I was just gonna say. You know, mine was a, um, a oh, friend yeah. challenged me to study the doctrine of election. Fairly new Christian, didn't know what that was. Said, "Ah, oh, that's too too high and lifted up for me." I'm just gonna read my Bible. So, I'm reading and I'm seeing uh, chosen before the foundation of the world. Just this repetition. And I'm like, wow. And I read in John 15, and this was very personal, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I, I took that very, very personally and had a profound impact. Then as I began to explore the other four, no one had to convince me of total depravity because I knew all about it, were having there. lived in it. Yeah. No one had to convince me about irresistible grace because... Look, I mean, who, You're Right? right. Who's yeah. gonna, I'm not going to come to God on my own, and certainly not His power. is the Son of God.
2: Bam! Bam. The, the
1: L was the big one for me too. I really struggled with it for a long time, and I was kind of like a an Amorildian for a while, and then I, um, I'm, I I put the books away. I decided it was around Christmas time that I'm just going to read my Bible. I opened my Bible, uh, Luke two, that the uh, governor taxed the entire world, and it just clicked. The yeah. word world, it has diff- eight different meanings. He did not tax every single being on you the planet plan or from Adam to the last person. Right. So that clicked. And I will make this comment uh, that I married an Arminian. Now, she was not a hyper-Arminian, uh, but at the time, she had not been taught about that and right. didn't know much, and she knew what she had been taught. And, you know, that Calvinism, of course, was evil, but over time... Six months, a year. She's obviously you're exposed to the doctrines of grace, the way they are presented in Scripture. It is heartwarming. Yes, I mean it humbles you and it It takes anxiety away. Yes, yes. God has saved me. He's not a cheap. He does not offer cheap salvation. It is a everlasting righteousness that He offers and secures. And the triune God, the Father chooses, the Son redeems, and the Spirit seals. It is a triune salvation, which is uh, you know, there's nothing else like it. When when Genesis 1, God said, let us make man in our image, then in Jesus Christ, let us save man, you know, uh, in our image. Let us save man. And and so, let, let me I think there's this. grace for Arminians and Calvinists.
2: Too. But you're, you're known as, uh, as an evangelist, right? So, and People who have been around you long will know that you you are quick to go and share the gospel if you see any crack in a door You start jiggling the handle to see if you can get in there Why do you do that if you believe that only the elect are going to be saved that? There's nothing that anybody can do to stop them from being saved Why does that not ruin your zeal to do that like it almost sounds like you've gotten more zealous mm-hmm. yeah and it, and people see the charge back they'll say you believe in this Calvinism stuff and there goes your evangelism.
1: Why yes. are you like that? Look look at the greatest evangelists in the church in history. They're mostly Calvinists, and they're the greatest evangelists because they were Calvinists, because they know that God has a people he is going to save. Nothing can thwart those efforts, and they want to be used. They're passionate. They, they wanna, I want to preach the gospel to every human, and I cannot determine who is and who is isn't elect. Charles Spurgeon said, if, you know, uh, if, if God had painted a, a yellow line on every elect person's back, I'd go around lifting up shirts. But he didn't do that. Right. So he views everybody as a perspective of God's kingdom. And so I'm not going to fail in my efforts right. because God
0: is behind <coughs> it. He's well, made the promise. You know something else and, I've
2: also noticed is that, and maybe you've seen this as well, when you kind of think that like this is all up to somebody's choice, you really can get into almost pre-qualifying people. Like that guy over there, he, ain't gonna, he don't want to hear this. He don't... When you have a Calvinistic view of the elect and the power of the gospel and the power of grace, you can't look at people like that because you I don't know, Mark, I'm sure you've witnessed to somebody and you're like and all of a sudden light bulbs are going off on this guy's head. Yes. And 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 this guy was cursing God two minutes ago and now the veil starts to fall. Right. And you're going by earthly standards, this conversation should not be happening. Right. Because if this was politics and I was trying to convince him to join my party, He'd never we'd be turn all of a sudden it starts happening. And yeah. so when you know that, you, you go up to whatever in your mind you think is the least likely person, whether it be a Muslim or a homosexual activist type or whatever, you, you don't have it in your head. like yeah. we, You started witnessing to that taxi cab driver or whatever, the Uber, right? the Uber driver.
1: The taxi Uber. Yeah. And I
2: could tell Mark could care less that that guy was full-blown Muslim with his little Muslim stuff didn't care well, yeah, he could be elect it, God, we, how do we know
1: I used to feel so guilty when I wasn't able to basically manipulate people into conversion yeah. I would feel guilty what am I doing wrong I don't about worry about that it gives that. you a level of comfort it, it's yeah. like it's God not, is good doesn't gonna,
0: rest in you and your presentation yeah
1: and we want to be you know we want to be accurate as to what we say and how we say it right. and do it in love but even if you know very little about the gospel go preach it go preach what you he's know there's right people there's people in the church like Aquila, Perla who will who come and help you have a more accurate understanding of the gospel right um but god is going to work and because he's going to work you here i am lord send me yep
0: so that being said to not do so to not go out and evangelize would also be disobedience which is sin right um because paul and one of the most profound books that talks a lot about this romans Paul also says, how are they to hear unless someone's sent? How are they to go unless they are sent? So uh, the church has an obligation to send you guys on mission to go and to proclaim the good news uh, to every person of every tribe and every tongue, to go and proclaim that that Christ is king um, and that people need to repent and believe. Uh, So go and do that. And church, we hope that this podcast helped you to put Jesus in the perspective. If you have any questions, go to newhilloh.com ask and send them in. It can be anything. Uh, questions about faith, the Bible, um, and the world around us. All right, church, go and honor God and all that you do. Observe the things he commanded. Provide to the needs of others and extend the
3: offer that's been extended to you. Peace. Boom.